Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Friday morning at Wax and a little better morning out there as we talk about the weather. We're going to get into the 60s today and then back into the 50s through probably the middle of next week. So, again, not going to be any heat wave as we get into May. And, of course, Sunday is May 1st, so... Again, turning the calendar, maybe it'll get better. It's uh, not going to be hard to say goodbye to April this year. Good morning. It's chart time here at the shank of the day. Bob and Joe with you. And this is a a busy day. First thing I want to say is don't forget, farmers in Chippewa County, if you would like to be considered to host Farm Technology Days 2024, that application is due today at the Chippewa Economic Development Corporation. And you say, well, why not extension? Well, the uh, folks in Madison at the extension service, they, um, well, don't get me started, but they're not involved in it anymore. And uh, local people are taking this up and uh, continuing farm technology days. So, again, Chippewa Economic Development Corporation is where that application needs to be today. Also, what else is going on today, Joe? It is Arbor Day. It's the 150th anniversary of Arbor Arbor Day. All right. And uh, if you uh, don't have plan a lot of school programs, did you plant trees in Arbor Day when you were in school? I don't remember. It was so long ago you don't remember. <laughs> I remember when I was a lot longer ago than you. <laughs> Holy man. All right. They say the memory is the second thing to go, you know. So anyway, if you uh, are going to plant trees today, good for you. And if you want some tree seedlings to plant maybe later on in the spring, that option is available too, isn't it? It is. There are there are tree seedlings still available. Contact DNR's website and see if you can come up with some. They have walnut trees, pine trees, and black spruce trees. All right, so get that done. And Governor Evers, uh, remember Governor Walker, he had... 30 by 20 for the dairy industry, 30 billion pounds of milk by 2020. I think it happened in 2016. Governor Evers uh, has a 75 by 30 to plant 75 million trees in Wisconsin by 2030. So, again, Arbor Day is today. Meat packers were on uh, Capitol Hill this week, got grilled a little bit, uh, Jill and I. We'll be in Marshfield uh, later on this morning. We'll be over there as part of a, uh, a group of uh, agriculture businesses that are going to, you know, talk to students and uh, let them see what goes on as far as the different worlds of uh, agriculture and uh, what kind of industries are involved in agriculture. And yes, if you didn't know it already, radio is involved in the ag industry. We do it every day here on Wax. Uh, talk to farmers about farming, about food, about natural resources, about the environment. So we'll be over there later on this morning. It's all going to take place at H&S Manufacturing. So hopefully we'll get a chance to visit with some students over there and uh, talk to them about uh, agricultural journalism. 
And uh, we've also got, uh, as we said, Farm Tech Days, Chippewa County. But don't forget Farm Farm Tech Days. I'm not going to say the other one. Farm Technology Days. (laughs) Featuring Joe Nichols, Sawyer Brown, and Marathon County in Clark County this year at Farm Tech Fest. That'll be the middle day, July 13th. And if you haven't gotten tickets, do it because it's going to be a lot of fun. First time it's ever been tried, first time it's ever been done, and Clark County's going to show them that it can be done and be done well. Get your tickets. It's going to be kind of a late afternoon, evening show. The actual Farm Technology Day show is going to wrap up about 4 o'clock, and then Farm Technology Day's Farm Tech Fest is going to start about 5 o'clock, right across the road. So uh, you can, we told you why it's going to be across the road, but get your tickets right now at uh, Farm Tech Fest. Dot com. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, Joe Nichols, Sawyer Brown, Madison County, all going to be there. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's check our weather on this Friday morning on Wax, brought to you by Markwart Motors and Markwart Motors. If you schedule a 5,000-mile scheduled maintenance visit after 3.30 p.m., you'll receive... $5 off that visit. So schedule yours at markwartmotors.com. Do it after work if you work in town. All right, not a bad day today. 63, partly sunny, chance of rain later on. A little breezy, but uh, not heavy winds later on as well. 48 overnight, 55 tomorrow with rain likely. And then in the 50s, uh, Sunday, right on through next Wednesday. It's 43 right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls. On wax at a minute after 5, this is 104.5 FM. W-A-X-X Eau Claire, Friday Morning News. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. Elon Musk is reportedly using his stake in Tesla to buy Twitter. Mark Mayfield explains. A recent SEC filing shows that the richest man in the world sold about $4 billion worth of Tesla shares in the days after his bid to take over the social media company. Musk has since tweeted he does not plan to sell any more of his stake in the electric car maker after Thursday. It all comes after Twitter accepted Musk's offer to buy the company earlier this week for roughly $44 billion. The White House is pushing hard for quick congressional passage of a new Ukraine aid package. Press Secretary Jen Psaki. In order to continue to help assist them, help make sure they have the the weapons they need, the artillery they need, the equipment they need, uh, it is certainly urgent to move forward on this funding. President Biden is asking for $33 billion in additional assistance for Ukraine in its ongoing war with Russia. A Colorado inmate is the first person in the U.S. to test positive with the current strain of bird flu. The man was exposed to infected poultry while working on a farm as part of a correctional employment program. The current outbreak started in late 2021. A new study shows that many Americans would likely give up smoking if a menthol ban was put in place. Brian Shook has more. The study from a group of American and Canadian researchers shows more than 1,300,000 U.S. smokers would likely quit if the FDA was able to ban menthol cigarettes. The FDA announced a proposal Thursday to ban the product, saying it could significantly reduce disease and death. A separate study from the University of Michigan says the ban could reduce smoking by 15% and prevent more than 16,000 deaths a year by 2060. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Find us at smithfuneralec.com. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Ben, I was just checking. We will get our sunrise this morning at 5.58. First time it's been before 6 o'clock. So, uh, yeah. It does look better, and it'll be worth it today because we should see some sunshine today. Partly sunny, high of 63, but later on it's going to cloud up. Probably some rain later on tonight into tomorrow. 63 today, 55 tomorrow. Some more rain likely on Sunday with a high of 50, and then uh, 54, 52, 58 Monday through Wednesday. Not going to get hot, but it's warming up. Right now, it's uh, 40 in Medford, 45 in Rice Lake, 40 in Wausau, Green Bay, 39 in Marshfield. Lacrosse, the warm spot this morning at 48. Madison, Sun Prairie, cloudy, 43. Milwaukee is clearing 42, and right now it's 43 here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural 
You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer. But did you know they also offer competitive home, auto, business, and life insurance? They make it convenient to bundle your insurance while saving you time and money. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Ready for a night of country music? Loyal Wisconsin is Farm Tech Fest. Hosted by Ray Lakers and Rustic Occasions just south of Loyal on Wednesday night, July 13th. Farm Tech Fest. Featuring Madison County, Sawyer Brown, and headlining Joe Nichols. On-site camping's available. Get your tickets now at farmtechfest.com. That's farmtechfest.com. Sponsored by Partners Bank, Rooney Grain, Wax Radio, Zastro the Beer Man, Forward Insurance, Munson Bridge Winery, Colby Chrysler, RZ Builders Rural Mutual Insurance. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Oh, Kristen's not too excited about that, is she? That's, of course, her home farm where we're going to be for Farm Technology Days, and she's been working with the uh, Clark County Committee very hard to make sure Farm Tech Days in Clark County is a big success. It's going to be with Farm Tech Fest, so get your tickets. Again, farmtechfest.com. Rural Mutual Insurance in the markets. Jill, where are we on a Friday morning with the livestock? Well, I'm going to go off the rails a little bit. Did you know that yesterday was National Superhero Day? Superhero Day? Superhero Day. How did I miss that? I don't know. But do you think you'd wear a cape or a mask? What would you do? (laughs) I'd probably wear a hood. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd go without the cape because, you know, I've heard those get caught in the propellers pretty bad. Yeah, I would imagine they would. But uh, Superhero Day. Do you have a superhero that... uh See, now I'm old school. My superhero (laughs) is Superman from back when I was a young man. Well, I think Wonder Woman was really popular when I was a kid. Yeah, that would be. So that that would be probably the direction I would go. All right. Well, Wonder Woman, how do the livestock markets look? (laughs) All right. For choice-fed beef steers are at 138 to 148 and a half with mixed at 130 to 137. Choice-fed beef heifers are 137 to 149 with mixed at 116 to 136. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 119 to 136 with selects at 96 to 118. Cows are 69 to 83 with a top of 84 to 96 and a half with bulls at 76 to 110. Butcher hogs are coming in at 71 to 91 with sows at 62 to 89. Boars are 25 to 36. New crop market lambs are 150 to 255 and feeder lambs are 175 to 340. And in the livestock futures markets, uh, prices were mixed. Live cattle were lower. June live cattle 133.90 down a dollar 12. August at 136.35, down 67. October at 143.05, down 35. Feeder cattle prices mostly higher. May 157.95, that was up 60 cents. August at 170.40, up a dollar 45. September feeder cattle 173.40, up 92. And October at 175.77, that was up 75. The lean hog carcass contracts. The May contract was down 20 cents at 103.97. And then the out months were higher. June 110.97 up 62. July 114.60 up 145. And August at 113.72 up 135. Board of Trade. Well, it was uh, higher. Slow planning and China purchases and uh, other things going on in the world. Rain in South America. Just a lot of things affecting these markets as we look at the prices this morning. Overnight, July corn up three cents, eight sixteen. The oats sitting at six seventy three. The July wheat contract up nine at ten ninety five. And when we went on the air this morning, the July soybean contract was up fifteen cents at seventeen dollars a bushel. Soybean meal up two forty a ton at four thirty two fifty. Barrel cheese held at two thirty four. Blocks up four two thirty eight. Butter up two at two sixty three and a half. Class three for April up eight at twenty four thirty nine. May up twenty nine at twenty four sixty. June up thirty five at twenty four sixty two. July up twenty eight at twenty four forty one. August up thirty five at twenty four oh four. And that's the way the markets look this morning. Courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Sneaking up on 12 minutes after 5, we'll take a look at uh, what's going on with Arbor Day and meatpacking CEOs. They were before the House Ag Committee and kind of interesting. 
What's going on? All that coming up. And a lot more. It's Wax. Friday morning in Wax. 43 right now. 63 the high today. Partly sunny chance of rain a little later on. Arbor Day today. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 16 minutes after 5 o'clock. Again, 43 degrees around here. And everybody's pretty close to that around the area. We'll get about uh, 63 today for the high. And a good day to be outside planting trees, Jill. Yes, it is. Today is the 150th celebration of Arbor Day. The observance is tree planting celebration that began in Nebraska in 1872. Jay Sterling Morton, a Detroit native who moved to Nebraska to start a newspaper, is considered to be the father of Arbor Day since he saw the need for trees and shrubs and other windbreaks to protect the soils in Nebraska. On that first Arbor Day, over one million trees were planted in Nebraska, and by 1882, it had become a national observance, and in 1885, it became a legal holiday in Nebraska. In Wisconsin, Arbor Day is not an official holiday, but it is one of the 21 special observance days on our state calendar. The CEOs of the four major meat packers in the country got a grilling earlier this week before the House Agriculture Committee on how they operate their industry in this country. And the chairman of the committee, Congressman David Scott of Georgia, Georgia got right to the point in the, his questioning. According to an account of the session from DTN, he asked those leaders if there was ever an agreement between your four companies to cooperate together on issues impacting supply or pricing. All four leaders answered no to that question. Cattlemen testified earlier in the day about how packer concentration on beef has cost producers a chance to earn a profit. They want legislation to break up the current market structure where 85% of the current beef slaughter industry in this country is controlled by the big four, JBS, Tyson Foods, Cargill, Cargill and the National Beef Packing Company. And it was interesting reading more of that uh, DTN account of that hearing. The fact that the cattlemen testified, but they testified in a separate hearing because they were afraid of retribution from the Packers. If they were in there with the Packers testifying, you know, against each other and about the situation, they feel that uh, they may have been, you know, acted against by these Packers in the long run. So again, this is this is an issue that is uh, attracting a, a lot of attention as far as what's going on in the beef packing industry in this country. All right, we've got more farm news that we'll get to as we move along on this Arbor Day. Again, 43 degrees, but coming up, Wisconsin Farmers Union has a webinar seminar coming up, and it has to do with Hispanic workers, Hispanic folks getting involved in agriculture, not just as workers, but as uh, maybe uh, their own landowners, and uh, we'll find out what that's all about. But that's coming up next right here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The Wisconsin Farmers Union looks into agriculture in the state. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. Pam had the opportunity to talk about one of their upcoming webinars. Yeah, you're right, Jill. And it's an important webinar that's going to involve more than just farmers. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Coming up on Tuesday, May 3rd, the Wisconsin Farmers Union is inviting everyone to enter in the dialogue. They're focused in on the importance of undocumented immigrant workers in Wisconsin's dairy industry and agribusiness overall. What they're going to do is ask people to view a short documentary called Los Locheros and then pivot to a panel discussion involving some farms that work with undocumented uh, workers and also talk about policy development. Is there anything new out there to allow illegal immigrants a legalized path to citizenship? But before we get to the preview on that meeting, that webinar, I talked with Nick about his home state of Kansas. He recently returned home, and if you think we're wet in Wisconsin, they're equally dry, apparently, in Kansas. Nick? Yeah, I went home for the Easter break, and... and uh Hadn't been home in about a month or so, but we haven't had any good measurable moisture uh, 
back home in north central Kansas where I'm from around the Belleville, Kansas area in well over a month. And I know that our friends out in northwest Kansas haven't had uh, anything good, measurable uh, moisture precipitation for even longer than that. It, it is right now as dry as it was toward the end of the Dust Bowl 87 years ago. And it's, it's pretty rough uh, to drive by and, and look at these pastures that are not greening up like they should be. The ponds are dry. Uh, you know, the wheat uh, is, of course, it's coming out of dormancy now and, and all that it should be greening up and, and looking good. And it's green, but it's also starting to show that blue tint to it, which means it's been stressed. Uh, so lots of concern uh, looking forward. I uh, talked to my dad, and, and uh, he's got a cow-calf operation there, a uh, small feedlot, and uh, he's selling some heifers tomorrow um, because he said, I'm running out of feed, you know, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to have hay uh, this summer, to be mm-hmm. honest. If right. we don't get any rain, you're not going get, to get any feed. So right. it's, it's not good, not right. good at all. And uh, I, the temperature variation, you know, the other morning got up, it was 22 degrees. Uh, tomorrow, Friday, it's going to be 89 degrees. So, you know, almost a, a 70 degree jump in just a few days. And, uh, so a lot of guys aren't getting their, their corn and beans in. Um, some are, the bigger guys are because they need to. They've got too many acres to cover. But like dad said, he said, we may be holding off a bit, uh, before we start planting anything. Well, yeah, with, uh, with the expense of this year's crop, I can certainly understand. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us, Nick. Again, Nick you Lewandowski, bet. along with us, government relations director. And the reason I reached out to Nick is, uh, coming up the front part of May, there's a very interesting film that the Wisconsin Farmers Union's encouraging all people, not just those in agriculture, but anybody to preview. I'll let you say the name of it, Nick, but tell me a little bit about this film and why Farmers Union has decided they want to share this with the general public. Yeah, thanks, Pam. Uh, so the name of the film is called Los Lacheros, and uh, it's, it's a documentary about the uh, undocumented uh, immigrants uh, here in America's Dairyland, here in, in Wisconsin. Uh, the folks that are milking uh, a good majority of the cows that are here uh, so that we can enjoy that, that milk that's produced here and the cheese and other dairy products. Uh, that come from that, um, and really highlights the importance of uh, immigrant workers uh, here in the state, uh, but also is a reminder to us of uh, the fact that they play such a big role in where our food comes from and, and making sure that it gets to us and, and that. So, you know, it's, it's something that I think a lot of folks, they get it, they realize it, but, you know, it's, it's oftentimes out of sight, out of mind. So this brings it back to the forefront again, uh, and, and helps folks to understand it and, and also to understand that, uh, these are, are people that have come and, and, uh, you know, left their, their lives in, in Mexico or wherever they've come from and have made new life here in the United States and have brought, oftentimes brought their families and their children and they're part of our communities as well. They're, they're part of the fabric of our rural community. Absolutely. And so recognizing that is a big thing. The virtual event is happening on Tuesday, May 3rd, starting at 7 p.m. It's going to be kind of a webinar-based discussion. And you are going to have conversation about the documentary with some real key people here in the state of Wisconsin, Nick. You know, this is very divisive. You, You have to be honest. In many communities, this discussion is very divisive. Tell me a little bit about what you hope this conversation will bring out, not just through the film, but through open conversation. Well, I think more than anything, I, I hope that this conversation brings out, uh, like I said earlier, a recognition of the fact that uh, without these folks, uh, we don't have the production that we have. Um, uh, it is so difficult anymore to find good labor um, within our rural communities, especially. And, and we all know that there's labor shortages across the country uh, due to COVID, due to many different things. Uh, but it's it's so important that we recognize the, the role that immigrant workers play in our food system and, and making sure that they're also protected. You know, when COVID hit, um, a lot of folks in the packing plants, you know, immigrant workers there uh, got hit hard with COVID. Well, you know, we didn't know a lot about COVID at that time, but turns out it, uh, it flourished in those cold, wet packing plants. Uh, that's what a virus does. And unfortunately, a lot of folks 
working in, in those uh, conditions got sick, and, and, and unfortunately, many of them died. Um, so it's, it's that understanding of, you know, this is a, this is a humanitarian issue as much as it is a, a food issue um, and an, an agricultural issue. So I think just recognizing all of those things and, and figuring out ways that we can do a better job of making sure that uh, those that are out there, you know, either milking the cows or picking the produce, uh, doing a lot of that uh, agricultural labor are, uh, are respected and, and are recognized and that we, we look at them as, as fellow human beings and that we, um, we just make sure that they're taken care of uh, throughout all that. You know, and despite the fact that, as I mentioned, it's kind of a divisive topic of conversation in a lot of rural communities, the unfortunate part is it's also divisive on the national scene when it comes to policy development. I see, Nick, that you are going to try to bring up any new developments that we see as far as those immigrants are concerned. Tell me a little bit about what you kind of put train your eyes on as far as hope to give these immigrant labor workers uh, a little bit of comfort that they can do their job without fear of deportation. Exactly. Yes, and and you know there's uh, there's things that this administration is doing uh, to to help ease some of those tensions. Uh, I know that there are still uh, a lot of uh, issues going on uh, when it comes to this, um, and and it's something that we are monitoring very closely. We've got a great team out in Washington D.C. at National Farmers Union that. Uh, frankly, they're more in tune to it than, than I am, actually. But, um, you know, we have regular conversations with the administration about this. And, and it is one of those issues that, you know, obviously uh, the, the problem uh, didn't happen overnight and, and the solution isn't going to get fixed overnight. Uh, and it may not even be this administration that, that resolves it. It's, it's an issue that has been ongoing for a long time. But we certainly want to uh, figure out ways and, and talking together, you know, working together through compromise uh, to do that. Um, unfortunately, though, it's an election year, and, and it's a hot topic issue uh, any time, but especially when it's an election year. So uh, it, it does become even more divisive, I, I think, when, when we're in those even-numbered years. But we're always happy to have the conversation. We're always willing to, to sit down and, and talk with others, and, and especially those that we might disagree with. And again... That's Nick Lewandowski with the Wisconsin Farmers Union, and uh, that webinar is coming up. Uh, Joe, when is that? On Tuesday. All right. And if you want to find out more, contact the Wisconsin Farmers Union at their headquarters in Chippewa Falls. And again, they'll soon have new headquarters in Chippewa Falls. All right. We've got uh, weather coming up. But before that, we want to go into the uh, weather room or the newsroom. She doesn't know anything about the weather, but she knows a lot about the news this morning. Morgan is with us. Good morning, Morgan. Well, I know I don't like the weather, and I think that's all we need to know right about now, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you, it's getting better, but one thing, but it's that's been a good. long time of coming. I'll leave that to Mike Dandria. Very good yeah. for you. What have you got going on? We're going to start with headlines that keep us pretty close to our area. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. It starts with crews on site of a fire in La Crosse, and not much left of the building that used to be India Curry House. That was a building in a restaurant in downtown La Crosse, but now more of a pile of debris as that fire broke out yesterday and the firefighters actually had to pull out because the building was too unstable to save. No one heard in the fire or the building's collapse, but a handful of people who live above or near the restaurant will have to find new places to stay. Fire investigators now looking for a cause. Well, the Eau Claire prosecutors clear officials in the man's October death. It was drugs and a heart attack. There is the latest from Eau Claire County's district attorney yesterday that said 43-year-old Demetrio Jackson died from a heart attack, likely brought on by a heart condition and lethal amount of meth. Jackson died in the hospital about two weeks after being arrested in October for standing on top of a car and screaming along Harlem Street. The DA says the officers involved will not be charged in the case. When it comes to school trends, school choice supporters say they like what they see, at least according to the latest Marquette Law School poll. The new poll released says that 58% of voters in the state support the idea of ending limits on vouchers for private or religious schools. That would open up school choice to more families across parts of the state. The poll says 33% of voters oppose that idea. But Jim Bender with School Choice Wisconsin says those numbers reflect what they've been seeing for a while, which is that parents are starting to warm up to the idea of choosing what school they think is is best for their kids. 
And um, I think my shoulders hurt just hearing about it. But one man has a plan, an attempt to row almost 4,000 miles across the Atlantic Ocean. It's Mark Mayfield that's going to tell us more about this. Peter Harley will leave from Virginia Beach next week and row his way to France. He estimates the entire journey will take him three to four months. The 61-year-old said his heavy-duty rowboat is equipped with a sleeping cabin, lots of storage, and solar panels for communication. Harley, who is no stranger to being out at sea, will stay in contact with his daughter the whole way. I'm Mark Mayfield. And away from the water and back to the barn with Bob Jill in the Midwest Farm Show, you're listening to Wax 104.5. Man, oh man, I don't think I'd row across Tainer Lake. I can barely, I can barely, I'm more of a dock fisherman at this point, I tell you what. I like to sit on the dock or I'll stay on land and cast out, but you know, not so much the boats. You know, it's kind of fun in a kayak, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to row a boat like that well, across. In the ocean? Yeah. There's no I mean. way. No, that's crazy stuff. But man. in Tainer Lake, the nice thing is if they mow it, then you can just walk across. You don't have to worry about rowing. Uh, that's true, that's true. <laughs> The green season is coming. We well, allegedly that's something that Mike has to get us the weather well, for first, so. though. I hope so. Yeah, he's on deck for that. He sure is. You have a good weekend. You too, Bob. All right, there goes Morgan over there in the newsroom this morning. And again, before we get to Mike Dandry and our weather this morning, don't forget a final reminder today to Chippewa County farmers who would like to host Wisconsin Farm Technology Days in 2024. Those applications talking about the strengths of your farm as a host site are due today at the Chippewa County Economic Development Headquarters, not the Extension Office. The Extension has been kind of pulled out of this show by the officials, the leaders of the UW Extension down in Madison. They don't want their people to be involved in this show anymore. So again, the Extension, they started this show way back in 1954. They were the ones that put this on, but now they say, well... If anybody else wants to continue it, uh, so be it. But UW Extension not involved, and it's a state decision, not the counties at all. It's the state decision. So in Chippewa County, it's the Economic Development Corporation that is handling uh, the whole deal. So again, and volunteers as always. So again, get those applications in today from uh, Chippewa County because the Site Selection Committee will be looking at those soon and uh, going for some visits. Well, let's find out what kind of weather we might have for visits to the farm, for whatever reason, or wherever you want to go. As we look at our weather, brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean this morning. Mike Dandry is over in the weather room this morning. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How we doing? Good. Well, maybe the threat of turning the calendar page to May scared Mother Nature a little bit. Not drastically, because it's not going to be hot, but it is warming up a little bit. For today, yes, and uh, well, we'll have. Come on, man! I'm trying to get a little momentum here. (laughs) Sorry to kind of throw the reality in there, but well, today we'll uh, we'll start off with a little bit of cloud cover and possibly a few spotty showers, but that'll fizzle out. Uh, by the mid-morning hours and give way to some breaks in the clouds, possibly even some uh, sunshine later on this afternoon as our temperatures do warm up into the low 60s. So that's going to be great. However, it's also going to be short-lived because then we'll have more clouds rolling in ahead of our next weather maker later on tonight, which will bring us some overnight showers and possibly some thunderstorms as well as our temperatures only dip to about the upper 40s and some of us will stay in the low 50s as well. But then those chances for showers and thunderstorms persist throughout the day tomorrow with breezy conditions developing too. Winds could gust up to 40 miles per hour at times and those showers will really take us into about Sunday afternoon with our temperatures mostly dipping into the low to mid 50s. Going into Sunday night, things start to quiet down a little bit, mainly cloudy and our lows dip to the low 40s, setting up a mostly cloudy Monday with temperatures hanging out in the low 50s once again. But then we have more chances on and off of some showers really persisting through most of the middle part of next week. Temperatures, though, slowly warm up. We're back into the mid to upper 50s by the middle of next week, but still about 5 to 10 degrees shy of our seasonal averages. Right now in Eau Claire, though, we are looking at overcast skies and a temperature of 44 degrees. As we look at this forecast now, it's all showers from here on out. It's not showers mixed with flurries and sleet and all that stuff. So that's the good news that oh, we can... Oh, good. Yeah, I'm looking yes. for it somewhere. <laughs> that's that's the silver lining because they say every cloud has a silver lining. And, boy, are we looking at a lot of clouds in the future. Boy, that is for sure. So maybe a little silver is in there. Hey, Mike, thanks. Have a good weekend. You too, Bob. We'll talk to you Tuesday. There he goes. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 with our weather on wax. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean is... 
is excited to welcome spring and all the opportunity it brings. And as you think about what you're planting in your fields, Chippewa Valley Bean wants you to consider growing a crop of kidney beans. Kidney beans are a great addition to your rotation and bring great value back to your farm. If you're looking for new opportunities for your farm, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-1930. That's 715-556-1930. Or visit them at cvbean.com. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hi, we've got about 23 minutes before 6 o'clock. Brent is here. Brent Wink and uh, Brent is going to join us very soon as we cover the crops again this morning. And we do every Friday morning covering the crops. Winfield United bringing us that division, of course, of Land O'Lakes Cooperative. But uh, Brent will be... uh, getting his stuff together, and we'll hear from him in a few minutes. But, uh, Jill, some dairy processors are getting some cash. Yes, five dairy processors in western and central Wisconsin are among the nearly two dozen plants that are getting grant money from the state to foster innovation, improve their profitability, and sustain the viability of Wisconsin's dairy processing industry. Those plants include Hovland's Family, Cheese of Thorpe, Lynn Dairy at Granton, Westby Co-op, Creamery at Westby, Wisconsin Pride from Moston, and Whiskerch and Cheese of Auburndale. The plants are splitting $400,000 in grants. That's uh, some new money coming out for those plants, so uh, go ahead. And uh, we talk about today being Arbor Day, and there's something going on in, what, Chippewa Falls tomorrow? Yes, in Chippewa Falls in Irvine Park. Tomorrow from 9 to 12.30, it is Park Cleanup Day. Meshes right in with Arbor Day. All right, so uh, if you want to help clean up uh, Irvine or Irvine Park in Chippewa Falls. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we do have markets to get to, but something coming up here uh, next week. Again, it's over at Culver's, but Culver's is such a, a good supporter of agriculture in so many ways, especially the FFA and Jill, something people should put on the calendar for what, May 5th? Yes, on Thursday, you need to head on out and get a single scoop of frozen custard and in exchange for the $1 donation that will go to the FFA. So get out there and grab your custard and donate a dollar for the FFA on Thursday. All right, and that's all over. And by the time they get done, that's a a lot of dollars that are involved in that. Also, as we mentioned earlier, Jill and I will be over in Marshfield later on Power of Ag Career Expo, talking about uh, the industry. We're talking about the uh, the dairy industry, and we'll take along some things of showing how the industry has changed over the years. And wow, has it changed every industry in every area? But in agriculture, we've seen so many advancements. But uh, again, we uh, very much in the modern world here. But uh, we came we came from the horse and buggy days, and uh, we'll get to that in just a little while. Jill, where do we go for starting the market reports? We're going to head on over to Altoona Equity and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.15 to $1.37. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.10 to $1.32. High-yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.05 to $1.25. Choice Holstein steers, $1 to $1.14. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, dollar and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from 75 to 84 with a top of 93. 60% of the cows sold from 58 to 74. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 57 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 85 to $1.05. Bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 84 and down. Cull bulls sold from 70 to a dollar. Thin, full, and horn, horned and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 70 to $180 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $70 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $295 per head. Here are prices for fancy vaccinated feeder cattle from our last sale, which was held here on April 22nd. 3 to 600 pound beef steers, $1.20 to $1.75. 6 to 900 pound beef steers, $1.15 to $1.77. 3 to 600 pound beef heifers, $1.15 to $1.60. 6 to 900 pound beef heifers, $1.10 to $1.54. 3 to 600 pound Holstein steers, $90 to $1.41. 6 to 900 pound Holstein steers, $80 to $1.27. 
We're now selling organic cattle on Tuesdays at the Altoona Market. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, May 6th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we want to continue with market information right now as we're about uh, 17 minutes before 6 o'clock. Again, 44 degrees. We'll get about 63 today, partly sunny. And then later on tonight, we're going to see some rain moving in, probably rain most of the day tomorrow. And windy, as Mike Dandria told us a little while ago, winds could gust up to 40 miles an hour. Man, oh man, oh man. It's been a windy spring as well as cold spring. Well, let's get over to the Equity Stratford sale barn and wrap up the week with Jerry Fitzgerald. Good morning, Jerry. How you doing? Bob, and a good morning to you. We're doing good. Uh, colder than you, 39 here, but uh, I know uh, all the folks are looking to get into the swing of things here. I know some of the greenhouses are opening this weekend, and, uh, well, a lot of garage sales. So, uh, man, I would buy some stuff that you don't need. You know how that goes. <laughs> That's right. All the garage sales are is uh, some people... Sending their junk to somebody else, but well, <laughs> but they get a bargain when they buy it. Well, you can find some good stuff, but at uh, at my age, what do I really need? You That's know? <laughs> exactly right. That's for sure. Well, wrap up the week for us. What kind of a week was it over there at Stratford? All right, Bob. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. And uh, summary from yesterday and this past week here at Equity Stratford, and we'll start out with the market. Now, these are the conventional market cows on yesterday's auction: higher yielding Holstein cows. Going from 78 to 85. Earlier in the week, we saw a lot of cows sell from 86 up to a top of 92 and a half. That was on Monday's auction. Most of the cows this week, your average cows are selling between 60 and 77. Thinner cows, thinner carcass cows below $60. Organic cows, uh, those are sold every Tuesday here in Stratford. Higher yielding organic cows, mostly from a dollar to a dollar seven. Lower yielding organics, 90 and below. On the uh, fed cattle this week, uh, choice grading beef steers and heifers. Uh, mostly from a dollar fifteen to a dollar thirty-four. Rating Holstein steers one hundred five to one eighteen. Yielding choice Holsteins from one nineteen to one twenty-two. Select grading cattle under finished cattle one hundred five and below. Now on the bull trade, better quality bulls this week ninety-five to one twelve, topping at one fourteen and a half. Lighter bulls below the ninety-dollar money. On the calf trade. Uh, Toward the uh, middle and the end of the week here, a weaker market on the calves. Uh, good quality Holstein bull calves weighing 9,230 pounds on yesterday's calls, mostly from 75 to 170. Uh, a lot of bull calves on Monday's auction from 180 up to a top of 240. Heifer calves this week, mostly 55 and below. Uh, good quality beef calves yesterday's auction, 175 to 340. Uh, again, a lot of those beef calves on Monday's sale from 350 up to a top of 450. And we have uh, concluded marketing for... April, so let's uh, hopefully May will uh, act like May, weather-wise anyway, but uh, another busy week coming up here next week at Equity Stratford, of course, full marketing week. Our next hay auction will be next Tuesday, uh, next dairy sale also next Tuesday, and feeder cattle sale, bread beef cow sale, that will be next Wednesday as part of the feeder cattle auction, and uh, we do have bread beef cows already on the consignment list for that sale next week. So folks, uh, that's what we have here from Equity Stratford this weekend, uh, this week, you Enjoy the weekend, and uh, I'm very glad to hear, Bob, that that S-word is not in the forecast. So, no, it's uh, not. Is, it's not. Do uh, your grandchildren reassuring. make May Day baskets or anything like that? They don't do that anymore. Remember when we were kids, we used to make May Day baskets and run and put them on somebody's door knob and then knock on the door and run, and they never knew where they were from? Well, <laughs> unfortunately, around here, most of the time they knew where they were from, so... <laughs> All right, well, if you celebrate it, uh, have fun. We'll talk to you next week. You guys have a good weekend also, and thank you much. All right, there he goes. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Well, Jill doesn't remember, uh, Wonder Woman doesn't remember if she planted trees or not at Harvard <laughs> Day of School. Did you do May baskets? 
Actually, our 4-H club still does May baskets. Do they really? We do. Good we for get you. every every year. The kids get together and we put they put them together and take them out to the nursing home or to the assisted livings. Oh, good stuff. Brent Brent Wake is also uh, here. Yeah. He's in the studio. Did you ever plant trees in Arbor Day over in Glenwood City or do you know, May baskets? I, I don't remember planting trees. I maybe our school district didn't care for the environment as much i don't know or i'll probably have an old teacher (laughs) call me up and yell at me because we did and i don't remember oh man who was the old ag teacher over there bob i I had uh, tom knox was tom knox Knox, yeah what a guy he was 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 the egg teacher i know know he had trees because he did the maple syrup with his FFA members so uh I'm sure he planted a few maple trees. Yeah, right? and I, I don't know. Maybe we were too busy putting other things on people's porches. We, <laughs> we, we put other things on porches, okay. but it wasn't uh, wasn't what we probably should have. All so. right. Well, we'll leave it at that. That's for sure. Cause, uh, <laughs> but again, May Day coming up and Arbor Day today. Lots of things to uh, get involved in. Kids, uh, it's a good thing. Get them out and plant them a tree. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to hear from Brent, get an update on what's probably not going on in the fields here in just a minute. But uh, wrapping up the markets, higher yesterday on the Board of Trade, slow planning, China buys, Ukraine war, dry in South America, all those things point the arrows higher. As we look this morning overnight on the board, July corn up three at eight sixteen. The oats up a penny at six seventy three. Wheat up nine at ten ninety five. We came on the air this morning. July soybeans were up fifteen cents at seventeen dollars a bushel. Meal up two forty a ton at four thirty two fifty. And if you follow the crude oil, uh, that's also up. Unfortunately, June up two dollars and eighty five cents a barrel, sitting at one hundred and four dollars and eighty seven cents. Country elevator prices: wheat and grain from the Chippewa Falls or Connorsville location. Corn is at. 749 with soybeans at 1637. Doomer's Grain of Holman and Buck Country Arcadia. Corn is at 760 with soybeans at 1646. And taking with the other country elevators on our DTN screen at Golden Plump Corn today is 772 at Baldwin and Mondovi 746 and 1645. Duran's Corn is 741 with the beans 1645. Elmwood 746 and 1650. At Fall Creek 736 and 1635. Corn at Osseo 751. The beans at 1650. Elk Mound 750 a bushel for the corn 1644 on the beans. Sparta 754 and 1643 at Ellsworth 728 on the corn 1622 on the beans. Ethanol plants. Corn 763 at Boyceville, 760 at Stanley, New Richmond, 757. Barrel cheese, 234. Blocks up four, 238. Butter up two, 263 and a half. The April class three up eight at 2439. May up 29 at 2460. June up 35 at 2462. July up 28 at 2441. And August up 35 at 2404. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it is time on a Friday morning to visit with Brent Wink this morning. And once again, as we cover the crops, courtesy of Winfield United, a division of Land Lakes. Well, today we might plant some trees, Brent, but I don't know about how much more. No, this is uh, kind of a little delay remaining, but middle of the end of next week looks a little better. Got to sit, stay up and watch the draft last night. Don't know why I did. I mean, I the Packers know might know something that the rest of us don't know. They might have drafted a defensive lineman that can also play wide receiver for Rodgers. <laughs> Maybe just like at high school, yeah, that uh, right. that guy's going to uh, play both ways or something. But. Uh, I hope he can play both ways because they know they got two guys for defense, but they need help on defense. There's they no do. question about they that. They do, so I won't yeah. question them. I'm sure they'll they get it all figured. they draft a quarterback this but, time. No, no ha-ha this year in no, the draft. So that's for sure. I guess. Well, what uh, what are we doing right about now that yep. uh, we're not really outside of maybe spreading manure, a little lime fertilizer, right. not much else? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of gauge the week by the calls i get and the text messages i get and it started early in the week and still uh, kind of getting a lot of traction around you know just the feeling of it being late and it certainly is a little bit later than the last couple of years but a lot of agronomists fielding calls from people on you know the thing that we get every three four years probably should i switch hybrids should we look at earlier corns um when should we get going with this and so i pulled up just some articles that every year i look at and there's been a lot of research and a lot of studies down done around 
just that. Uh, you know, probably over 20 years worth of research and studies on looking at full season hybrids for your area. Let's say you're in that 95 day maturity zone, and should you stay at 95 day as we get a little bit later? And so basically, a lot of these studies are kind of look at gross farm profits. So they're taking into account uh, drying and all those factors. And basically, the summary ends up being this. In our area, the paths really don't justify going to anything earlier till actually the last week in May. So around probably that 27th to the 1st or 2nd of June. So really stay in the course with your with your maturities, with your varieties, until those dates basically leaves you in the best profitable position. I know several years back we had one of those uh, delayed springs, and boy, we were, I think, about the 10th of June, we finally were finishing up corn planting. We had switched from some of our normal varieties up to like an 82-day. We had been planting 95-day corn, put some of that in about that same time. In that year, we had a nice fall. That 95-day corn actually ended up out yielding that 82-day corn by almost 40 bushel per acre. So you certainly can justify some extra drying costs and some of those things if the if the agronomics and the yield potential are that much better on it. So really just kind of stay in the course on that. Then as we look at this week, you know, certainly as road bands come off, hopefully fertilizer can be getting spread on a lot of these fields. No issues or concerns around that. We've got soil temperatures that are only in the low 40s. I've checked a couple of different times this week. You can find some of the lighter sand ground with some soil temperatures that were in that 43 or 44. We've got a warm weekend here, you know, so we should start to see some warm-up after these rain spells. Maybe by midweek in a lot of these areas we can scratch around if they've got the ability to plant some beans with another planter, maybe start planting some beans midweek. And then it really, the forecast does look pretty good that toward the end of next week, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of corn go in, and the forecast looks really nice after that. And that's the biggest thing that I always look at is, What's my weather look like the two or three days after I put that seed corn in the ground? So toward the end of next week, I think it's going to be prime time for a lot of areas to get started planting corn finally, Bob. And we'll have better things to talk about next Friday. Yes, absolutely. Good stuff. All right, go plant a tree. I'll have to make up for lost time. Sorry, Sorry, Mother Nature. (laughs) Brad Wink with us once again this Friday morning. He's with us every Friday during the planting, which is coming up, growing and harvesting season, courtesy of Winfield United, a division of Land O'Lakes. 44 degrees right now. we got a birthday out there this morning. Jim Stenson from Augusta is having a birthday. Jim turns the big 6-0 today. And we'll have a special tune coming up from him on a pretty nice day to have a birthday. But 63 today, partly sunny, maybe some rain later on. It's 44 right now. Happy birthday, Jimmy. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.